definitely human. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you chiching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to Back to Earth, a podcast about roots. I'm Charlie May. This is episode 61. It's finally spring. And today I'm coming to you from Gloucester. I am here visiting Three Choirs Vineyard. They are celebrating their 50th year this year. They have 75 acres under vine. We only have four. Um, so something to aspire to. Um, they have a little boutique hotel, a restaurant. We've done a bit of wine tasting. And in the vineyard, they've got many different grape varieties that I've never even heard of before. One of them, Sergregor, um, which I think is a descendant of Madeleine Angevine. Lots of different varieties. They've also got Solaris, which we have. Um, yeah, so it's been really interesting seeing kind of how they prune, how they trellis. They trellis in a totally different way, being that they were produced 50 years ago. They were saying that wine in the UK 50 years ago wasn't really about quality and it was was about quantity and so you trellised I think it's called Geneva Double Curtain um, and it's basically like four different spears coming off whereas we train two and then to go up they're pulling up loads of vines because it's been 33 years and so yeah it's ready for the vines to be renewed and they're changing the way they trellis so just really fascinating to see I guess how viticulture has grown over the last 50 years in the UK because of course now it's not about selling in bulk it's about selling for your own little industry your tourism industry you know selling high quality wines so our main mission here is to meet with the winery meet the winemakers and hopefully start producing with them this year so very exciting so I'm just here with Ben my partner in wine um, we're just walking around the newly planted vine section checking out the Solaris yes yeah, it's, it's quite good to see because they were planted in 2020 Oswald well done 2021 and it looks pretty similar to what we've got going on which obviously optimistic because you're quite sort of unsure at certain points of you're doing it all right yeah it's nice to come to other people's vineyards and just double check that what you're doing actually makes sense and looks legit i mean these guys have been going for 50 years and so they obviously know what they're doing and yeah it looks the same as ours which is reassuring yeah we're in the research stage now so going around checking what everyone else is doing checking what sort of wines we like and then use those decisions to sort of choose the next steps for when we start harvesting towards the end of the year for the first time 
and more importantly what we do in the year afterwards. We met Martin at the winery uh, yesterday with a guide to basically us producing wine with him later on this year. I was thinking next year because I thought this year we wouldn't have that many grapes because he wants to have a ton minimum. But he said if you have under a ton this year um, we could actually add to some of like he's growing Solaris as well so I suppose we could buy some of his grapes to top up. Um, it just seems super sort of amicable wanting to meet us halfway like it just seemed really really positive. Yeah it was again another optimistic thing in terms of coming out and meeting people that are really experienced and doing it and sort of taking the pressure off uh, when you're when you're doing it yourself because a lot of this equipment is insanely expensive mm-hmm. so especially in the early years if we can work with someone like free choirs who've, who've been doing it for like 50 years uh, they can help us use their experience in terms of getting the best wine that we can possibly we will aim to have a, a ton maybe two tons tops of the solaris this year obviously dependent on the weather we would want to try a bit of ourselves and then one of the key things that we did learn is being smart in terms of what wine you produce um, deciding on how the grape is so some years obviously sparkling's better some years steel's better so that's something they're gonna have to work out for the Solaris this year. Yeah I was a bit concerned because I've tasted sparkling Solaris before that was really really nice and when I mentioned to them oh we want to do still and sparkling Solaris um, eyebrows raised and they said Solaris sparkling oh right it's a very like na- there's a lot of natural um, sweetness in the wine like they just finished producing one where without adding any Thing, it fell at 14.1% alcohol because of the sugars. And so when you're making sparkling, you actually want to harvest early while the grape is a little bit unripe where you've got more acidity. And so Solaris is already an early harvesting grape. Um, so yeah, we might end up harvesting in August or something. I don't know. So we might end up doing this year while we figure out what we're doing, doing just still. And then as we learn more about sparkling, because it's a little bit more tricky, we'll sort of do that next year, maybe. Yeah, if we keep going around looking at other vineyards as well, we'll pick up more information and that will help make that decision. But like they said yesterday, there's no point just trying to get one out and say you can end up with like spirit level wine. Yeah. Um, it's, it's best picking what you can do with the right year for the, for the right grape. Still sparkling will we'll be undecided until probably after flowering, they suggested. Mm-hmm. So then I think we can tell roughly how many buds there might be and what sort of crop we'll get um, and what and what time frame it's at as well. Yeah, you'll start to get an idea for what the harvest is looking like if we don't get rain and flowering and, you know, we'll start to be able to actually count the number of little grape clusters on each vine and we'll start to be able to make an estimate of how many tonnes we'll get. He said usually you would get two tonnes an acre yeah. of grapes and we've got four acres. So, But this year we're only doing quarter of the site because last year the Sauvignac suffered in the drought a little bit so I've pruned it right back um, but the Solaris is looking really really good and so this year we're aiming to get some Solaris happening. So this year is still quite a bit early so it's going to be good just to get something out of it go through the process uh, understand it so next year when pretty much the whole field will be there um, we'll be ready and experience and know what we want out of it f- from the offset. I'm really excited because I thought that we weren't going to be producing anything until next year, or I thought at least what we would be producing was just you and I sort of stomping on some grapes and doing our own, making our own like bootleg wine in a barrel. Um, so I'm excited at the idea of actually working with three choirs. Um, they said basically you deliver them the harvest in October or whenever you harvest, and then five months after that, so around now, they are now producing people's still wines. And so in February, you would come up to do a tasting um, and decide you know if you like the angle of you know where the wine's going and things like that yeah then they sort of finish it off in terms of crispness dryness sweetness um, and then once you're happy with it you come back and they they can bottle it all up for you they can label it if you like it's like a really easy service for people that are just starting out because 
They'd literally do everything for you. Just drop off the grapes after you've harvested them and five months later you get your bottles back. They even provide the glass bottles, or they can. If you want your own bottles, obviously you bring them. But the idea of you know us being such a small producer, the minimum orders for bottles are just absolutely nuts. And so the fact that they can provide those in the beginning will be really helpful to us as well. I mean, yeah, it's really kind to show us around the plant and they've got all the machines which they literally just stick the grapes in, bash the bottles through sit the cork in exactly what you want you can choose what style of bottle within the ones that they've got you want like oak barrels and all that kind of stuff yeah yeah you choose how it's stored um and, and again us being quite new to this there's people who sit we went there yesterday they're sat in the lab these guys know exactly what they're doing and been doing it for 50 years so if we go with them a suggestion of a style of wine that we want they're going to be the guys that help us get to that point. Yeah, because we're still learning. I've absolutely filled my brain full of vine growing, but I know absolutely zero about wine making. And so to work with these guys who are just professionals, been doing it for so long, to come up with something that we like, it's more of a collaboration, which I'm excited about. And the thing with this is, realistically, it's going to be fifth, sixth year when you're getting like your major yield. So we've got so much time to go out and learn all this and and really get a grasp on what we want by the end of well, by that point so we've it's, there's plenty of time like I said research stage to go out find exactly what we want get as much knowledge in and then be ready for when it all sort of kicks off in terms of designing the wine he was saying basically you know you need to know who your customer is you can't just design wine that you like to drink it also needs to be you know what is your market and so I think we'll be figuring that out over the next couple of years what our market is we're aiming mainly for tourism and then to obviously hit all the local pubs and um, restaurants surrounding the North Devon area I even they suggested as well it's how involved they want to go suggested coming down to the vineyard to check out what we're doing and make suggestions it's, I mean that, that's what's great about this sort of community as well is everyone seems really helpful and genuinely wants to get stuck in and suggest advice for each other and point out which mistakes they've made and and how to you can avoid them and that, that is like genuinely a nice a nice side to it next month we're doing a sparkling wine course at plumpton college just to kind of learn a bit more about that because i think there's so much more to know about sparkling than still and just slowly yeah start to learn more because as i said i know zero about winemaking so but yeah it's exciting i think it's a good place to be where you're sort of clueless but you know still chomping at the bit to do the best you can the luxury that we have is i think we're now pretty confident that what we're doing so far is 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 good so just what we can do next to make sure we stick to that standard and do get the best one that we can oh god pigeons laying their nests everywhere so i'm just back on the farm we've discovered puds has got an ear infection so the last few days she hasn't been very well. We noticed that she was shaking her head, her ear was down, she was just looking a bit sorry for herself. Um, and then yesterday, mum said in the morning she went off her breakfast, she wasn't eating her food, and so the time has come where she needs to have her first visit to the vet. I don't know how we're going to manage to wrestle her. I've borrowed a friend's cat carrier and we are going to attempt to bundle her up in a towel and shove her in the cat carrier and yeah, deliver her to the vets within the hour. The appointment is made. We've just got to get her down there for half past 12. 
And the fear is if we don't get it right the first time, she's going to be gone. She's going to run away. She's not going to let us anywhere near her. I mean, considering Nigel left a year ago and it's taken her a year really for her to be as friendly towards us as she is now. And I just feel devastated that we might break that bond of trust that we've taken so long to forge with her. Oh, we've got sardines at the ready to give her when she gets back. Yes, I did give her a little bit of fish and some tidbits this morning to try and yeah butter her up. I mean, the thing is, because she's feeling a bit poorly, she clearly is a little bit more docile than usual. So hopefully... I don't know. You've we're got to be all, cruel to be kind. We're all kitted out with our gloves and everything on. Yeah, we've got gauntlets. We've got puffer jackets. We're all ready if she comes at us, claws open. Yeah, towel ready to wrap her in tight. So here we go. She hasn't even seen us. She's just settling down for sleep. Oh, she's just getting up again. Okay. Hello, girl. Um, do you want me to go around with the yeah. carrier? Or? Yeah, go around the other side quickly. Right. We've got a one foul swoop. Oh, she's trying to get out. It's okay, girl. Oh, she's all wide-eyed and looking stressed. It's okay. Oh God, I feel like I betrayed you. All right. Yeah, good idea. Yeah, let's post some treats through. Oh, bless her. She looks all right, actually. I was expecting far more. Is she eating them? No, not yet. I think she's a bit confused. Okay, so that went remarkably well. Total betrayal. She was eating some treats on a towel that we'd laid down earlier. And then all I did was quickly wrapped her up, made sure her head was in the towel so she didn't know what was going on and I was expecting a much bigger fight but yeah she just she was absolutely fine and now she's in the cat carrier looking very confused I posted some treats in but she's just what the hell am I doing in here and where am I and what's going on what if she tries to fight her way out I don't is the cat carrier definitely strong enough to keep her in (laughs) it's awful that you can't explain to these animals that you're trying to help oh it's blowing hooli outside So we've just gone and picked up Puds from the vet. It turns out she just had a lot of earwax in there. So no infections, nothing wrong with her. The old girl is tough, tough as boots. They did say that she had an itchy left ear. And so they gave her some antibiotics just in case. But the good thing is we don't need to wrestle her to put any eardrops in or anything like that. She doesn't have any growths or anything wrong. Um, Yeah, she's as good as new. So we might... We think she might even get her um, hearing back now because she's been slowly going deaf over the last year and maybe it was just a massive build-up of wax. So we've just brought her back. We've dropped her off. We've opened the carrier um, and she leapt out of bed and immediately went over to her food bowl. And she's so hungry. She must be... um, She's gone through quite the ordeal. So she's filling up with food. She's still letting us stroke her. They all said she was really sweet, didn't they? Yeah, we were worried that she would scratch... But she didn't at all. She just let them do whatever they needed to do. And they said she was a sweetie. Yeah, we thought maybe she'd need to be sedated or something. They said they've got a cat crush where it's like a cage. You were saying it's like a cattle crush where they slowly make it smaller and smaller and they can inject her if she was going to scratch and claw her way, you know, out. But no, she was really sweet and she let them make a fuss of her, which is also so sweet. There we go. Back to mousing now then. And good to know that in the future, if she does need any more veterinary treatment, that, um, yeah. They know all about her now. They know all about her. And also, yeah, she knows, hopefully, that if we bundle her into a cat carrier, it's nothing too traumatic. Mm. 
So we dropped her off. We came home, had lunch, and then they called us to say she was ready, and we went back in. We must have dropped her off for half an hour. Yeah. What did the bill come to? I thought it would be about £50. It was £133.84. <laughs> oh, God. So, yeah, an expensive trip for a bit of earwax, eh, girl? But you're worth it. It's not bad considering we haven't had to take her to the vet for 11 years, so, no, you know, no, it's an accumulation. Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah, so All's well that ends well. I'm glad so it's a happy ending. Let her settle down. She's got her bed back in the gator, and um, she's now filled her belly with food, and she'll probably sleep it off now. Yeah. Get her a little bit of fish later, I reckon. Yeah. Hey. So I'm just walking across Witchell's Field. There is a spooky mist that's descended on the other side of the estuary, and it almost looks as if I'm looking out over a vast sea. I can't see the other side. Um, it's kind of a spooky morning here and it's been feeling very like spring and very hot during the day but then the morning is very dewy on the grass and it's been quite rainy as well sort of intermittently we've got like a nice sunny weekend coming up which I'm really looking forward to I'm just walking through the field that's had lots of new baby lambs delivered it's so cute they're so so tiny Um, this always just sort of signifies life coming back onto the farm after a long winter Uh, Mum and I actually saw yesterday the return of the swallows, like we saw the swallows fly in, uh, which means summer is on the horizon, guys. Also, I don't know if you can hear the skylarks are super chatty up in the sky right now. We have a lot of skylarks down here. It's a cacophony of birds and it's so, so lovely. Everything's just sort of coming to life after a very long dead winter. I can't believe it's April already. The start of this year has gone by so fast. There's so much happening this year, like so much build-up that I'm sort of pacing towards. Obviously, I've got the pumpkin patch that I've been telling you guys about. We'll be making wine this time next year. We'll actually have bottles of wine in our hand, which is kind of bonkers to imagine. So I need to have everything in place for that and make sure that the harvest this year goes well and that everything's pruned and preened to perfection. Everything's just springing to life in the vineyard now. There's thick buds coming on all of the vines, which is super exciting. Each bud will turn into a limb of its own. And so now I need to start training the top two buds into the two limbs that will run along the wire um, to become all the little grape clusters and all the grapes will hang off those limbs. So it's super fragile at the moment. I think I'm due to take off the rabbit guards this year but I tried one as a bit of a trial and I immediately knocked off like two of the buds and I was like okay no this is too dangerous so I'm not going to do anything like that for a while Um, but yeah it does feel like everything's just bursting into life and there's so much going on including a secret which I've been keeping from you guys I am actually pregnant as we speak I guess I last spoke to you guys about this in October after I'd had the surgery and then November we found out we were pregnant and so it just really seems like that was the one thing that was kind of holding us back Um, and we were all obviously like gearing up for IVF and all these other things and then just to have the surprise that we just fell pregnant was just the most incredible news. We just wanted to be really sure that this was definitely happening. It's sort of been a bit like pinch me, like is this really happening? Like could this be true? Um, We haven't wanted to believe it. I mean we've been trying to get pregnant for four years like this month so yeah it's been four long years but we're here now and it just feels so so good we had the 20 week scan we found out we're having a little girl yeah it's incredible it's just I'm getting I've got like a big bump now and like she's kicking me every day um yeah it's just so nice to feel her move and grow 
it's a really big chapter in our lives that's about to open up and this year is just going to be so so exciting so if you go back and listen to episode one of this podcast you get a real idea of how absolutely clueless I was and now fast forward two years down the line I'm a farm manager I've got a pumpkin patch I've got a vineyard and I'm about to become a mother everything is happening and I am so here for it Wow, talk about a plot twist. What else have I been hiding from you? Am I even on a farm right now or some kind of elaborate soundstage? Keep asking questions. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram at Back to Earth Podcast, on Twitter at Back to Earth Pod, and on TikTok at Back to Earth Charlie. Music is by John Day, artwork is by Eric Chow, and this episode was edited by David Knight. Thank you guys, and of course, thank you for listening. If you want to support Back to Earth, you can rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And check us out on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash definitely human. Back to Earth is a definitely human production. Okay, bye. Keep asking questions. In- <laughs> Keep asking questions. Keep asking questions.